Welcome to Animal Health Insights. This podcast was created to connect producers, veterinarians, and animal owners, and to introduce you to the people and the organizations who are working to support animal health in Canada. Our podcast is developed with the support of the Canadian Animal Health Surveillance System. Through these podcasts, CAS aims to engage veterinarians, producers, and the public in discussions around animal health and infectious disease as part of work to strengthen animal health surveillance through knowledge, awareness, and data sharing. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Todd. I'm also a veterinarian. Let's get started. When it comes to providing veterinary care for small ruminants, like sheep and goats, one of the most frustrating challenges for production can be trying to manage parasitic infections. Individual farms vary widely in their setup, so for example the amount of pasture, the availability of other species for pasture rotations, and their general deworming and parasite management protocols. Often a veterinarian is called in to address only the most severe flock or herd parasitic issues, and it can be pretty challenging to get a program in place to bring these animals back from a really severe infestation. As part of disease surveillance work in Quebec, A program was created to help connect veterinarians and producers and to establish a targeted parasite management plan for the province's sheep flocks and goat herds. Dr. Anne LeBeuf, a veterinarian who previously led the Quebec Rezo Disease Surveillance Network for Small Ruminants, is here today to share some information about this PISAC parasite management campaign and how it has improved understanding of the risk factors for Quebec flocks and herds. She's accompanied by Dr. Denise Belanger, a professor emeritus at the Saint-Hyacinthe Veterinary Faculty, who has been highly involved in the initiative as an epidemiologist and as a sheep producer. Dr. LeBeuf first worked with small ruminants before her veterinary career, while she was living in France as a shepherd on mountain pastures. After veterinary school, she studied the epidemiology of caprine arthritis and encephalitis in Quebec goat herds, and she's worked in many different positions, among them the veterinary sheep coordinator at CEPOC, She joined the Animal Health Surveillance Team of MAPAC in 2007 and is in charge of the Quebec Small Ruminant Health Network since then. Dr. Bélanger has been working with small ruminants since graduation from veterinary school at the Université de Montréal. She practiced for three years, and then she pursued her PhD in epidemiology at the University of California, Davis, studying neonatal mortality in lambs. Then she worked at the Faculty of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Montreal for 28 years as a professor and an epidemiologist studying sheep and goat diseases and public health. Now retired, she works with her husband on their farm, producing grass-fed lamb, organic garlic, and organic apples. As a producer, she manages gastrointestinal parasites for her flock in an integrated framework using only a minimum of dewormer. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Leboeuf and Dr. Bélanger. Hi, Dr. Todd. Happy to be with you. Yes, Dr. Todd, I'm happy to be with you also. Thank you for the invitation. So first off, why did you decide to develop a PISAC campaign about small ruminant parasites and parasitism? Actually, the integrated approach, we started with the integrated approach in 2003 with a longitudinal study which intended to document the epidemiology of parasitism in Quebec sheep flocks. And many years later, in 2015, another project confirmed the extent of parasite resistance to the main dewormers in most of the studied sheep flock. This project was involving vet faculty, MAPAC, CEPOC, and McGill University. And besides documenting the resistance, 
We also developed many educative tools on integrated parasite management, so IPM. Considering that what was asked to the producer and the vet, we offered support for the difficult paradigm shift, which was needed from them. And then we were happy that in 2019, MAPAC offered the possibility to launch a new PISAC campaign on IPM for a small remnant, so sheep and goat producer. We added camelids in 2020. We are happy that this campaign can contribute actively to pass the information while subsidizing coprological analysis. We consider this essential for the reduction of systematic dewarming. We've mentioned a few times this term IPM, which I believe stands for Integrated Parasite Management. I'm wondering if one of you could just comment on what exactly this is and how it was integrated into the PZAC campaign for small ruminant parasitism? IPM is, it's a global approach, actually. Before we systematically treated animals, deworm animals, and now we have to think more globally. Actually, we can start with the animals, actually. We can select animals that are resilient or resistant. It could be that, you know. We can think about integrated parasite management. We can think about nutrition, having good nutrition, good protein, specific plants on the pasture that can help to live with parasites. We also think about how do we rotate animals in the pasture so to diminish the risk of having a great infestation. That's another concept, you know, about nutrition. And also we can involve also monitoring of feces of parasites. So monitoring through time to see Okay, when it, is it increasing? When is it becoming, uh, there is a threshold at one point, I think I should, be, I should be very careful and maybe inspect my animals. Observation, it's another part. It's observing the animals in the field and observing animals maybe one-to-one to see if there's anemia, if there's diarrhea. And why do you want to do all that? It's to diminish deworming and to increase welfare of the animals also. So increase that and diminishing resistance. So it's an all global approach, actually. And I think that's why we develop all those educational tools to help us to approach globally parasitism for pasture animals. Those tools are great, actually. And IPM, there's, it's a fact sheet in itself, but that's what is integrated uh, parasite management. And then Dr. LaBeouf, could you tell us a little bit about how the PZAC campaign works to help shift this paradigm to involve more of this integrated parasite management? Yes, of course. Like every other PZAC campaign, we have campaigns for different sectors, so some in bovine, dairy cattle or beef cattle, swine, and different other production. But for this one, we offer free, so free vet services, free visits, 100% paid by MAPAC to farmers, so in in that case to sheep and goat farmers. For this one specifically, this was for the flocks and herds that are Asher users. I have to say that maybe it's different in the other provinces, but in Quebec, majority of flocks and goat herds are not Asher users. Uh, We hope this PISA campaign will help these uh, sheep and goat producers to uh, reconsider the the use of pasture as uh, one of important elements of management. This PISAC campaign includes, in fact, three visits and some uh, lab submission. 
If I go quickly, we have a first visit, which is two hour free, where the vet practitioner presents and discusses new concepts of IPM with the farmer. So resistance, refugia, coprology, pharmacia, targeted selective treatment, and etc. A second visit, which is one and a half hour free, and this visit can be repeated for each fiscal year. And in this second visit, the farmer and the vet elaborate an action plan for the season to come, planning pasture management, the sampling of feces and the fecal accounts, planning clinical follow-ups, pharmacia and other management elements, and the targeted selective treatments. We also have a third visit, which comes somewhere uh, within the season. And this visit is for discussing some fecal account results. Besides those three visits, we have some free fecal accounts that are offered to the producers. In fact, they can send samples, feces samples, four times per year to the lab where Wisconsin coprology are done. They have also the possibility to have a test specific for Amorcus. Yes, for your question, this campaign is ongoing, so the producer can continue to use it. And we hope it will be so for the next few years. If you have any other specific details on how it works, you may go online and I'll give you the website. That would be great. And what are the requirements for a producer to participate in this program? Is this available for producers who might have small or backyard flocks or herds? This is a good question. What we would like is would be open to anyone that own one sheep or one goat. But there are some criteria. To participate in this program, a producer need first to have a grazing flock or herds because the campaign is specifically for the, the production or the farm that are pasture user. Then to own a, a minimum of 10 adult sheep or goats or camelids. And finally, to have a NIM, and a NIM is a numéro d'identification ministérielle or a government ID. And this ID is required for any MAPAX program. Unfortunately, we know that these two last criteria eliminate backyard flocks or herds because they are not eligible to have a name. We try to find a way to have these small farm eligible because we know that they, they are highly concerned by the topic and they are very strong users of pasture, but we are still looking for a way. So what are the motivations for a producer to participate in this particular program? Myself being a producer, I would answer from this side. There are probably many. The fact that the feces analysis are free and there's also the possibility of testing for intermittent resistance free, I think it's a great, great motivation. I would also add that there's a need for a learning curve about IPM and on both sides, actually, for producer and also veterinarian. Moreover, taking time with your veterinarian for exchanging, planning a pasture season is really not usual. So I think it's a really, really a great opportunity. One of the things that I really like about this is that it, it connects producers with their regular veterinarian, and it really helps to build that 
veterinary client patient relationship, expanding effectively the reach of our disease surveillance activities. And it's kind of neat too that it scales up the educational reach of this campaign. Was this part of the original plan behind this project or was it just a happy side effect? And what are some of the motivations for a veterinarian to participate in this particular PISAC? It was certainly part of the original intention. In fact, as I said before, every PISAC campaign uh, like this one aims to facilitate access to vet services. And we know that it is particularly important for uh, livestock production like small ruminants that were not regular users of vet services. At least for Quebec, the uh, small ruminant producer do not call for the vet more than a few times a year or maybe up to a little 10 per year, but most of them one or two times a year. So bringing vets into the farms for both the educative purpose, so pushing best practices, new regulations, etc., and surveillance purpose, so both disease surveillance and welfare management were a great opportunity with PISAC campaign, absolutely. For the vets, it is a great opportunity to get into farm where they rarely go or never go because it, it alleviates the money factor for taking the time to discuss health, drug use or welfare issues as many of the sheep and goat farms have low profitability and cut on budget items such as vet services. They are not so kind to call the vet just to discuss these topics. So they were very happy to get this opportunity. It also opened some possibility for other services that they can offer to the producer outside the PISA campaign. So what are some of the benefits to having a veterinarian assist with the selection of laboratory testing? Is it really that important for a vet to be involved when we are trying to diagnose and treat parasitic infections of sheep and goats? Kate, as a reminder, in Quebec, a producer needs a prescription from their veterinarian for getting a dewormer. And even feces analysis requests to the lab have to be linked to a veterinarian. So it goes through the vet anyway. To talk about choosing a selection of laboratory tests, in fact, there are not many laboratory tests to be chosen from for the gastrointestinal nematodes, but that producer understand the usefulness of those laboratory tests, it's, it's a must actually, because they are really underused. Now also, there's a specific test for Emoncus, a parasite which is highly prevalent and pathogenic for small ruminants. It's offered in the lab in the, at the vet faculty in Montreal, and it's based on a fluorescence technique and allows not only for identification, but also quantification of Emoncus. It's very, very interesting. Results for Emoncus are presented as a proportion of Emoncus among all the parasite present, I mean, nematodes. The only limitation is that the feces sample has to have at least 100 EPG X per gram, all species confounded. And if we talk only about the interpretation of the fecal egg count, like the Wisconsin, for example, the interpretation should be done with the veterinarian. And this is what PISAC offers, free sample analysis. And after, there will be a meeting with the veterinarian to interpret the data with the producer and discuss future action if needed. For example, 
could recommend another feces sample collection to monitor the parasite population in the farm, propose a test for resistance called fecal egg count reduction test of FERC, prescribe a large spectrum or a more specific dewormer, even review the pasture rotation plan. In conclusion, PSAC covers planning, monitoring, evaluating, and prescribing. So I think the VET is quite important for laboratory tests and diagnose and review planning, etc. I'd have to say I agree. I assume, though, that the veterinary diagnostic laboratories must have seen an increase in the total numbers of fecal samples that were tested for parasites just after this project got rolling. Was it challenging for the lab, and how did they deal with that increased number of samples? And have we learned anything specifically overall from this increase in parasite data from the farmed sheep and goat populations in Quebec? Yeah, it's a good question. In fact, uh, I'm going to insert the first part uh, about the increase. In fact, uh, about the challenge. I talked to Christopher Prada-Fernandez, that is the director of the parasitology lab, and he said he, it has not been challenging at all, according to him. The infrastructure is there and the knowledge and the technician, everything was ready. The problem before is the fact that producer and veterinarian rely more on the use of treatment as the main tool for tackling parasites and did not use very much coprological analysis. But since PSAC started, the lab has received significantly more requests for analysis, considering how many producers use uh, pasture, you know. Here are some numbers. They had 266 submissions from 27 veterinarians and 110 producers. So for sure, there's more producers than veterinarians. So some veterinarians follow more than one flock or herd. And in those producers, there were 73 sheep flock. 28 goat herd, and 10 camelids. So it's very interesting also. There was not only sheep. We knew more about sheep resistance and with our research project, but it's very interesting that goats are represented and camelids also. The other part of your question, what have we have learned for this increased parasite data from the farm sheep and goat population in Quebec? But the approach, testing more for discovering more, for sure, it, it gave great results. With our research project in 2015, it's almost six years ago, we were able to rapidly highlight farm with population of parasite resistance against two families of molecules. We talk about benzimidazole and avermectin. And with PSAC, feces sample from a farm are submitted more than one time during a given season. So it's very interesting because the veterinarian and producer can learn more about the dynamic of the infestation in their flock. And also we receive sample across the province. So in terms of spatial, it's very interesting. And not only from sheep, but goats or camid, like I told you. And if we uh, talk specifically about the fluorescence test for emoncus, they use it for sure. We could evaluate the importance of emoncus. One sample out of four, so out of two, 266 submission. 64 went for fluorescence because I told you we need at least 100 eggs to go to fluorescence. And the median of the percentage of aminkus was 70%. So it's quite high. Some, some sample at 100% of aminkus and some were very low, but the median was 70%. Like I told you, there's a bit of bias here because we use samples that have at least 100 eggs per gram. At the end of all that, we hope that feces analysis convinced the producer and their vet that they are very useful 
and at the end help to use less and make better choice of an alternative. Before the launch of this PISAC campaign, there was a series of fact sheets and videos created, and these highlighted certain topics that are important to parasite management. Could you go through the topics of these fact sheets briefly? Because I, I think they're quite useful. And let us know where they would be available for veterinarians or producers to access. Yes. In some way, we are quite proud of all those uh, different educative tools. So either fact sheets or videos that have been effectively developed by our team a bit earlier than the PISA campaign, but were certainly important for the veterinarian uh, while uh, discussing with the producer the different uh, concepts. The, the main topics are evidently uh, those that are related to IPM. So first of all, we have a fact sheet that is about IPM for the zero grazing farms. As I said before, there are a lot of Quebec producers, sheep and goat producers that do not use pasture. So flock or herds are zero grazing. And the, during the, the last decades, even though they were not using pasture, they were used to have at least annual dewarming with the current dewormers, which is certainly not a good practice when thinking of the risk of development of resistance. Even though the PISA campaign is not specifically for these farms, we have a fact sheet for them. We also have fact sheet on refugia. The concept of refugia is central when you think about IPM because it is the way you consider when treated, which animal should be treated, and etc. Maybe we can go further on that topic later. We have a fact sheet about the monitoring of parasites. So either fact sheet and video on field samplings, the fecal account. We wanted all these to be very practical for the producers so they see that it is not so complicated to get sample and not so expensive to get information before deciding to treat. We have fact sheet about pasture management, which is a very important thing. There are a lot about the choice of plant, the way the plants are managed that are important for the management of the parasites. So this is a, a, an important topic. We have also a fact sheet and video about clinical indicators of parasitism. So FAMASHA, body score, the presence of BADOJA, and so the different indicators that may be useful for the producer to decide which animal or when the animal has to be dewormed. We have a fact sheet and video to explain the main up-to-date informations related to dewormers and deworming and the concept of resistance and how producer and their vet may work to slow the development of resistance. And finally, we also have a fact sheet that has been developed after the other ones, specifically for camelids, so llama and albaga. Mainly in this fact sheet, we consider that most of the other information, the one that have been produced for sheep and goat, are okay for camelids, but we add the specific informations for parilaphostrangulus tenuis, which is a main concern for camelids producer. So all those fact sheets and videos can be accessed on the CEPOC website. 
if you go on the website, you'll see that most of the things are in French, but there are also some that have been translated in English. I'll give you the links after the, the podcast so anyone can access them. Excellent. One topic I had to read through a few times was that fact sheet on refugia. Could you please explain a little bit more about this concept and let us know how veterinarians could help th their producers integrate this into their farm and pasture management? Actually, a refugia is defined as a space within a farm where there are non-exposed parasites to a dewormer. Here we think at the non-treated animals and parasites on pasture at the time of deworming the other one, actually. It does therefore imply that there is a proportion of animal that won't be dewormed at a specific time during the season or who could deworm all the animals, but keeping in mind that they need to be re-exposed to sensitive larvae that are present on the pasture. Refugia is very important because if all parasites become exposed to a dewormer year after year or many times during the season, only the resistant survivor will form the parasite population then this is a concept may be difficult to fully understand since it is based on genetic of population. However, how to have a refugee on the farm is quite simple, but it involves a paradigm shift since it does imply to leave a proportion of non-deworm animals at a given time or having sensitive larvae and pasture for re-exposing the treated animals. And how can the veterinarian help? He can explain to the producer the importance of refugia and inform him or her about the criteria to use for choosing the deworm and the non-deworm animals. We call that, like Anne said, targeted selective treatment and discuss the pertinence of treating maybe a whole group, example, sensitive animal like lambs, and how to re-expose them to sensitive parasites. Refugia is part of the whole, the, a tool of IPM. And at the end, we want to deworm less when needed and having confidence that applying refugia is sensible, feasible, and a good practice on the long term. But we always need to stay vigilant. So why is resistance to anthelmintic, so otherwise known as deworming medications, why is it so challenging for small ruminants in particular? Is it this way for all animal species and all parasites? How did the PISAC program address this issue? It's interesting to talk about different parasite species and animal species. First of all, small ruminants are quite sensitive to gastrointestinal parasites. And a proportion of them use pasture, like Anne told you, and it putting them at risk. Since veterinary service have not been requested often on small ruminants farm in Quebec in the past, it took time for a veterinarian and producer to be aware or to realize of the resistance problematic developing in the farms. In fact, resistance has developed slowly over the last decades. And since animals move also from flock to flock, we also move resistance parasites. And plus resistance testing or evaluation of resistance have never been done in the great, great majority of the farm. So we know now from our research project that a large proportion of sheep flock in Quebec do have resistance parasites to the main molecules, particularly to Emoncus. And not the least important fact is that there are not a lot of molecules available for small ruminants. So we have to be very, very careful, actually. PISAC addressed the issue of resistance, the evaluation of drug resistance, and IPM to slow resistance development. 
So since this PZAC program for parasite management in small ruminants was started, what have you learned about the parasite management challenges for Quebec sheep and goat populations? As you can imagine, it, it is a kind of new program, so we do not have a, a big picture for now. But at the farm level, it is certain that what we hear from uh, the vet and the producer is that they have learned a lot about the situation and the dynamic at their farm level. So they, they have been some ways surprised that many times there were no or very a very low level of eggs in the in the feces of their animal. It was a very surprising and interesting situations because they have been able to get free analysis and then they have information so they are not in a situation where they have to pay for a treatment which in other way won't be useful because there are no parasites. What we, we see is that producers are really willing to work with their vet to improve their practices and be more sustainable in the management of parasitism. I'll give you just a few numbers to give you an idea of the number of farms that uh, participated. It is close to the numbers given by Denise a few minutes uh, earlier when she talked about the lab submissions. So for the vet visits, we have about 130 sheep farms and a bit less than 50 goat farms that participated in the first visit and almost the, the same number for the other one, which means that they not only uh, are open to discuss the concept, but they are really willing to uh, work action plans with their vets. So it is interesting. And I have not said that before, but the way it works is that for each visit and for each thesis submission to the lab, the vet has to fill a questionnaire. And this questionnaire gathers uh, answers which are sent into a, a big database. And the, the question covers the description of the main practices related to monitoring, pasture management, deworming, and a few perceptions. This will be a very, very interesting data bank, but we still have to dig into the data. We expect to do so in the near future, but um, it is still to come. So what is it about this type of disease surveillance and knowledge sharing that you think makes it successful? Are there some things you'd like to change if you redesigned the program or for future programs? This is a great question because we continue to develop new campaigns. And from what we see for that campaign, the main incentive is the free fecal accounts. As we said before, the warmers are regulated drugs in Quebec and producers can't purchase some without a vet prescription. So giving them access to free fecal accounts helps them to uh, require uh, analysis and then know more the situation and the dynamics of parasitism in their flock. This is a major benefit and it helps in avoiding systematic dewarming. It is a cave to motivate producers. And this way, having a free analysis is also uh, one of the reasons we have success with 
the two other sm small remnant uh, PISAC campaigns, which are about uh, abortions, the first one, and the last one is about milk quality and uh, other health. And for those two, we also have free, uh, free analysis, and we think it is very important to motivate producers. So would the producers then and the veterinarians who participated in this program, do you think they would say it was worth it? It is for sure a chance, an opportunity to learn and to be accompanied by a veterinarian. Change our ways of dealing with parasites. It's, it's really a, a big opportunity. It reinforces also our link with our veterinarian. And having free feces analysis, I think we said it many times during this podcast, it's, it's an incentive. So it's a great, great plus. And also we realize the usefulness of submitting pool samples. So it's great. From the side of the veterinarian, it is also a learning opportunity. Like I said, there was a, a need for a learning curve on both sides about IPM. So it's also given opportunity to visit producer. We do not, do not rely on veterinarian as a consultant. I would call PSAC as a win-win situation, actually. And I would add that PSAC was the great thing to develop after a research project and development of educational tools. So we go from research to application. I think it's really great. It's very satisfying, actually. Thank you both so much for sharing some information on this really innovative program. I, I really like it because it seems to effectively connect that world of disease surveillance with the tools and the actions that veterinarians and producers can really use on farm. If others are interested to learn more about the PZAC program for small ruminant parasite management or how it was established, who should they get in touch with? And where would the online resources be for more information about this program and the parasite management campaign in particular? As I said before, you may find all the documents related to the campaign, either video or fact sheet online. So either on MAPAC website and CPAC website. Uh, of course, I would be happy to answer any questions about this campaign, whether it be by mail or by phone. I would like to thank you uh, warmly for giving us the opportunity to present what have been developed. And as Denise said, we are very proud of this, uh, of this work. And moreover, we are proud of how the Quebec sheep and goat producers and Quebec veterinarians answered to, the, to this paradigm shift that was not easy, but it, it works well. And I will just end with, as most of you was, were able to hear, uh, English is not our first language, so I hope it was okay. And if you are able to understand French, you may also go onto the French version or with our French documents. So thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. I, I think it was a great chat. We'll share some links to some of these documents and websites online as well at cas.ca. Doctors Leboeuf and Belanger, merci. It's been great to have you tell us about this project, and I think others will really be inspired by this work as well. The Animal Health Insights Podcast is a production of the Canadian Animal Health Surveillance System. CAS is a division of Animal Health Canada, and it is broad-based support from livestock sectors and government. CAS brings together data and information from across Canada in order to demonstrate animal health and to guide planning on national animal health priorities. 
Effective disease surveillance can demonstrate the health of our animals, and it enables prompt action to minimize the negative impacts of disease. Funding is provided through the Agri-Assurance Program under the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, a federal-provincial territorial initiative.